Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Good morning, City Life. It's so great to be here with everybody today. Uh, we got a great morning planned. No, I'm back here, y'all. Like, I'm back here. Like, over here. Yo, like right here. What's up? What's up? What's up? Good morning, everybody. You know, it's not just enough to just do service and not enjoy it. Sometimes you just got to sit back and take in the vibes and watch Ronnie bring the heat on the drum set and the MIC. Come on, spitting fire. (laughs) And, you know, and you walk out and think, oh, that's what's next. But isn't the true purpose of this to engage to be interactive, interactive with God and with each other? Have you ever found yourself getting so busy in the pace of life that you can't even enjoy the moment that you're in? Because you're thinking about, where am I gonna go? What do we got happening? The stresses, the bills, the pressures, and you can't even stop and just talk to people and say, hey, what's up? How are you? You know? Christopher, what'd you do last night? You did? What'd you do before that? Did you eat something cool? Uh, Yes, I did. Okay, what'd you eat? Gluten-free pizza, I like that. You just gave somebody else freedom for gluten-free pizza. You know what I mean? What else we got? Okay. Shane, what'd you do last night? Yeah, beard game strong. It's intimidating. Because you're so tall on the beard, it's just really intimidating. He's actually a teddy bear, though. It's, he's a teddy bear. Anna, how, what'd you do last night? You watched a movie? Is it R-rated? It was on Lifetime? Oh, wow. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's lifetime. I mean, lifetime. That's what it's all about. And uh, that's great. Just getting to know somebody. And somebody watched an R-rated movie last night. Don't worry. It's okay. There's grace. And um, it's a fun day to be alive. You know, you'll never live this day ever again, ever. It's never happened. I say that, and, and sometimes it can come off as a little cheesy, corny, but it helps me remember that today will never be lived again. Because otherwise, sometimes I'll be so focused on what tomorrow brings that I'll forget to enjoy the space I have. I've entitled this message, Enjoy Space. Live in the moment. To be in the moment. There's so much power in preparing for what tomorrow will bring. And even think, not only just tomorrow, but what is the next generation gonna have? The kids. The kids' kids, there's power in that. But there's something about the person that can't just stop and enjoy it, to laugh a while, stay a little bit, smell the roses. Come on, savor the food, look at people, make questions your profession, learn somebody's story, and realize you have more in common than you have not. Powerful, powerful, powerful idea. We've been talking about the whole journey of space, discovering in our life to say, okay, I actually got to be honest and take inventory, a snapshot, a picture, if you will, to see what my life looks like. And when I'm honest, I think I maybe need to adjust some things and I got to decide what kind of life do I long to create? And if you were to take a blank sheet of paper and put yourself in the center, put a circle and think, what stuff do I want in my life? Hopefully God would be the first thing we put. And then people, 
And then everything else would facilitate that experience and that interaction. And too often, we got to declutter, right, to get to what's most important, which was the inner space. Traveling to the toughest place to travel in the whole universe, not the Bermuda Triangle, not the false planet Pluto, but actually our souls, the black hole of our souls. And when we do that, when we really let Jesus do some inside therapy, deep, deep, deep in, we find out that he longs to belong in the depths of us to write a new story. And so space is quite a powerful analogy, metaphor, you, whatever you want. And God wants to take us on these trips often throughout life that we're examining, thinking, okay, what am I going to do with this life I've been given? But how do I now enjoy it? Is God just up in heaven all the time? Okay, do this, little robots. Uh, I'm, you didn't do it exactly right. When Jesus died on the cross, did he know you were going to sin in the future? Didn't he? So isn't there a little bit of freedom to know that we can access God, not because of what you and me have done, but because of what Jesus has done? And it's very difficult when you know you're not perfect. The closer you get to God, the further away we feel many times. C.S. Lewis talked about that because as you spend time with God, you start to realize how awesome he is and how awesome you're not. And But that's what's so beautiful because then the praise gets even louder because you recognize what Jesus has done. Maybe you're in this place today and you say, I don't even begin to know this idea of Jesus. And I think that Jesus is described as um, simply that you have this longing in your heart, that this sin issue that you don't know how to deal with, and you're looking for a solution in all these places. We've all done it. We've all been on this journey. And Jesus stands alone as the only one that can offer his life and substitute for the payment that you and I deserve when we face a holy God. That's what the good news is is that Jesus died the death we should have and lived the life we couldn't. Freedom. And so we put trust in him and we walk with a whole new swagger. So I like to think, man, those that are following Jesus, they really live that song. No one on the corner got swagger like us. When I hear that, I'm like, oh, there's an instrumental it has with the hook online. We used to bump that at the house. My kids don't know that that's not a Jesus song. Because it is. The world's always talking about Jesus. Always. You just got to be able to um, decipher it, you know? Psalm 37, 4. Psalm meaning song. Kind of like an inner diary. Things that we would sing. You ever find yourself singing to God the pains, the issues, the struggles, but then leave the place remembering, man, you're just too good to stay there. You have desires today, I'm sure. If, if we were to take an inventory of everyone who has desires in their heart. We don't, yeah, every one of us. Yeah, I got something I desire. God put that in you. But he recognizes the only way that's most fulfilled is when we delight in him. 37.4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now us being in the Western context, America, loud, proud, toys, stuff, People make stuff so we can buy it. I mean, isn't that how it works? But we know we've lived long enough now that that's just a mirage. It's just a decoy. Because right now, somebody's in a third world country. There's children living on dump sites, and that will be their life. They have desires just like me and you. There's tribes that have no access to clean water, and that's how they'll live. And maybe the life expectancy in their family would be 18 years. They have desires in their heart. So if we aren't very careful, if we aren't careful here, what we'll start to realize is we've put the American dream on God 
And we've made him this truth that is not a truth, but a decoy. Because the real McCoy is not offering us just possessions. He's offering us even something better, which is quality. On the inside, expression, life, change, the way we think, the way we feel, our souls, what pumps. Is it what's on the outside that makes us? Come on. No. It's decaying, isn't it? The wrinkles, they're calm. And you talk to anybody over 40, they're like, it goes so fast. Okay, right? It goes fast. You talk to somebody 15, it's like, oh man, I just can't wait to get out of school. And then classic answer is what? Oh, you don't know how good you got it. And it's just that constant war. It's been happening for centuries, I'm sure. And um, so here's where we find ourselves is this. Is the desires that God's talking about the things and possessions? We know logically there's just no way. That's why I love this, because what's first is as we delight in the Lord, ourselves, yourself, myself, us, in the Lord. Think of force field. I'm safe when I'm in God. And then when I'm in God, he starts to make me like him, because that's the truest desire of our hearts. So today, feelings are good. They're super good. God is so into emotion. I really believe that. But he's, he's so... Uh, into that we rightly understand him. That's why he left us his word. And I do think that Jesus came, this is a personal opinion, he came 2,000 years ago because if he came today, we got too many iPhones. We got too much stuff because we would capture so many of the miracles he did and we would try to make it um, like a scientific experiment alone. We would try to make it a case against, look, look at these other, and we'd just try to package it and just so, look, Jesus is the truth, he is the truth. And there's a time and a place for that, right? To rightly divide the word of God, that science proves God's existence, it's never taken us astray from God, that God is the constant in all things, and there is absolutely a lot of blocking and tackling that comes with X's and O's, numbers, geometry, you name it, okay? But... I think he came 2,000 years ago, a little bit old school, because he knew if it was all out there, we wouldn't need the faith that he wants us to have. Because it's impossible to please God without, you can't, you can't please him. It's impossible because he recognizes, look, I took a whole bunch of misfits that the world didn't want. And in fact, at the height of my regime, when he's on the cross dying for me and you, saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what's going on. Here's his homies. They're back whimpering like babies. Ah, oh, it's over. The kingdom didn't come. Our desires didn't happen yet. Oh, gosh. And he was giving them something greater. Resurrection power on the inside. New life on the inside. Because this life is not the only life we'll live. So as we delight ourselves in the Lord to enjoy the space, the word enjoy definition it's uh, very intriguing because it says take delight or pleasure in. It's to possess and benefit from. We possess Jesus and we benefit from Jesus. And that supersedes what we wore today, supersedes what we have in our bank account. And so you may have a lot in your bank account. Praise God, God's given you resources to use for his glory. You may not have a lot in your bank account. God's given you opportunity to show that he's the full supply in the midst of need. And they're both showing righteousness of the kingdom of God. And so we gotta be present in the moment. We gotta enjoy our space. We gotta think about ourselves less and think about God more. And here's the cool part. God is so passionate about hearing about ourselves. 
But this isn't a dialogue where it's just, okay, thanks God, bye, amen. We pray so loud and so hard when it's rough. Okay, I got it, peace, deuces, I'll be back. No, trust me, get me out of this one. You know how many times I prayed that? Oh God, if you just get me out of this one. Gets me out. Oh, that was awesome. Man, six months later, where is he? He's knocking, trying to get in. How do you see God this morning? How do I see God? If we see him as the angry father, we'll always respond that way. He'll never be good, uh, he'll, you'll never be good enough for him. You see him like your boss or your, what do, you, what do you see him as? Matthew 7, I love how this illustrates. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be opened Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? We have to keep kind of defining what we feel about the word things. I think we could replace it with qualities, nature, characteristics of God in heaven, because those are the things that tr- transcend any culture. Those are the things that supersede whatever the environment is. It's what gives you a swagger that you could walk into a room and have nothing, but you got everything. Those that have walked with the Lord, they understand this. They, they grow in that. And you may wonder why you're praying grandma seems so calm and you just never, grandma, granny, you don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. You don't know what it's like to be me. We like to be young. You don't know all the fun we're having. He's just sitting there all calm. It's like Yoda's sister or something. Because she knows something deeper. I like how the message puts it. It says, don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This isn't a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your child asks for bread, do you trick him with sawdust? If he asks for fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. And you can find this everywhere. Even the hardest, darkest person that's done the craziest things, when it's their seed, their kid, they got their back. That's why if you really want to love someone who's so unlovable, why don't you start loving their kids and you start to see their heart opens up. And be like, oh, you can, man, okay. I found some of the hardest, toughest people. If you love their kids, it starts to win them over. Because they say, wow, looking after my kid. Because in us, we want to take care of our own. So how much more? So don't you think that God who conceived you in love will be even better? Conceived you in love will be even better. Starts to shift, hopefully, our view of God. Thinking of God is just mad at you and it's always about the gap of how you can't run the laps fast enough. And there is a time when you, you're always jumping into whatever you do to do it your best to, to try to win. But if you don't win, okay, now what? What do you do? How do you pick up the pieces? And so the comparison here is there's desire in all of us. But as we look outside and start to, if we kind of compare all of our trophies, if you will, this morning, what we find is the outside, if that's kind of pulling us, that it's the word coveting. We now feel like we have lack and we're not full or complete. I remember when I was 15, I couldn't think about anything but a car. 
I mean, everywhere. His parents, how much money can we come up with? How much do I got to say? And what do we think? Can we get this car? And my dad was a dealer. And so he'd get, you know, trade-ins. And, we, you know, three grand would go further. And, and I just, every conversation, when are we getting a car? What are we doing? Car, car, car. I get the first car thinking, oh, man, did you see that wide track Grand Prix that dropped? I graduated in 98. That came out in 97. That new body style, a little bit wider, you know, 3,800 engine. Got to get one. Got to get one. Got to get one. Got one, 8.99% financing, and payment was three-something and change. And I got the car, but I got 15 grand I owe. And that was not the best journey because now I'm thinking, man, they got leather over there. They got something else. And the game had just been going on and on. And it kept just growing and growing and growing. And I wish it just would have ended with cars, but it got darker with all kinds of stuff. It doesn't end. It's just that game, okay, and it's coveting. It's as if you don't have everything you need. That somehow God isn't good enough. So if God hasn't given it to you, maybe the answer is he doesn't want us to have it. And he's trying to show us something different. Yeah, but, 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 who are you fighting with? Who are you mad at? We're mad at God a lot of times. But he's a good father who knows how to give good gifts. And the gifts he gives, they're irrevocable. They're, you'll never take them away. He can give you things that this world could never give because he gives his heart condition and his likeness in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Satan is so good at showing off. He showed his kingdom to Jesus. He said, look at all the kingdoms of the world. You can have it if you bow to me. It was a power trip, power struggle. And Jesus, because he is thinking long-term, not just for today, he's thinking eternally. He's like, man, get behind me. The angels come and minister to him. And, but those kingdoms are still being shown to us all the time, everywhere. Watch a TV show, commercials come, thing you don't have, uh, sickness that you now think you have because it lists, have you ever felt tired? Boom, you know, disclaimer, you take this, you'll die quick. And you know, it's just, you're like, what? And the person's laughing and like this, but you're listening to one thing. You're just, wow, and you know, you, you, just crazy. How can you even sit and enjoy we were watching a game, and now we're watching a Pretty Little Liars, you, you know, starts next week. What is happening? And why is it that movies, um, horror movies, are, they should be uh, marketed as strong as they are? Like, I, come on. He's like, Rawr. You're like, kids, close your eyes, close your eyes. You know? It's like, what in the world? Because he's always showing off his kingdom. He's showing it off all the time. And God's kingdom is shown off differently. You'll probably find it in obscurity. Where people that are discounted have deep love for one another and taking care of each other, you'll find God's love there and his mercy there. You'll find his love in soup kitchens and hospitals and businesses that care about the least, that don't have the same advantages or the same starting places, but still show amazing dignity to anybody that even comes from an utmost region. Because they're not showing partiality. They're treating people the same way Jesus did. Hey, there's a spot on the team, but it's through service. Paul got this. Paul, um, he is somebody to study in a way because you might think God can't, you know, when people say, well, I can't go to church. The place will catch on fire. You know, it's just, okay, sweet. Um, and, and it's just like, oh, what's that? There you go. I like that. That's good. And, uh, and maybe some of you felt that and you see that. And, um, and I shared a couple weeks ago, I was on the phone for somebody with about an hour. They were dealing with a bunch of stuff and they were, found us online and was asking what our church was like. And after talking to me for an hour and 
dude man verbiage was on high. I'm just relatable, what's going on? And uh, the, it ended with, what do I wear? I'm thinking, I'm gonna wear Jordans and a hoodie tomorrow. They're like, oh, okay, tight, tight. You know, and this is, if we're not careful because of how we feel, we think, we grew up in this culture, we start to think Jesus is somehow through this method alone. You hear somebody praising God in a different language or the different dialect, you're like, oh, they don't know the God like me. We're reading it in English, it wasn't written in English. You know, so these, these, these stereotypes, we start to get an arrogance to us. And, and, and so even sometimes, don't, don't give yourself too much credit. Man, God, you're probably not worse than Paul. And here's how Paul talks. Paul initially is introduced to us by killing Christians. He hates the movement. He is not for it. Because he thinks his intentions are good. Our intentions sometimes can be so good, but so deadly. So we have to look at God. What do you say about it? The toughest question you can ever ask. God, what do you say about it? I know I've been saying one thing about it a really long time, but I want to check my ego at the door, and I want to learn from you today. So I hope all the time that we always get together, it's an experience for you to activate when you go home. Google differently. You start, oh, uh, I'm struggling with this passage. Google. God is big enough to handle our questions. And so God reaches Saul, who's killing Christians in a way that is supernatural, Shows up to him audibly, blinded by the light, dramatically changed, reaffirms him, commissions him, gives him the name Paul. And now he goes into training for three years because some of us think of this type of humility. Here's someone at the top of his field, trained, scholared, possessions, radically gets transformed and says, I'm going to go low into training. I'm going to go with Yoda and I'm going to learn and grow. Because it's not about the outside show, it's about the inside grow. And that's the facts. And so we now then learn about him and he continues and he's growing on this journey. And I love studying him because he's somebody, he gets the next life is more important than this life. And he doesn't even, his influence grows and his ministry grows and he could take kind of the credit. He never feels like he's good enough as the other super apostles. But it's not in a way that's belittled. He understands he has radical confidence. He knows his power and his worth in Jesus. He gets it. And so he writes this in Philippians 4, 10 through 13. Maybe you know verse 13 super well. It's the one we put on before a game or something. It says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yeah, I can get that job. We don't go into the battle thinking we're going to lose. But how this passage is, is kind of framed, it's whether you win or you lose. So let's rewind and go back to verse 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received, revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, I know how to abound. Starting to sound like granny a little bit, isn't it? In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret, secret, 10 keys, secret, get, 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 get it now. Get behind us. Here's the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I've always thought that that verse on a t-shirt would be, I, super small, you know, can, even a little small, 
do all really, really big. Things little through him, gigantic, gigantic, massive. And then him who strengthens me, tiny. Because everything comes from him. The message puts it this way. I'm glad in God, far happier than you would ever guess. (laughs) Happy that you're again showing such concern for me. Thank you. It's a partnership. What a great conversation we're jumping into. Not that you ever quit praying and thinking about me. That's so neat. You had just no chance to show it. Actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much. Sound a little different than the American dream, isn't it? So is it possible, though, that, that most of our lives we've been just hearing a bunch of junk? And it's okay. The dream's super cool. When used for God's glory to dominate, he's, he wants us to be fruitful, multiply, take dominion, but at the expense of other people? Never. I was talking to someone recently, and they were moving into Lansing, looking to buy a home. They were getting some counsel from some friends, and their friends said, you never want to live on that street. And what they meant was probably good intentions, right? They meant, you know, the resale value wouldn't be that high. There's not a lot of development going on there. But what they probably didn't realize, what they also said was, you're better than living next to that place or those people. Because there's people there. And so we're always trying to get it closer in the gospel and trying to allow people to be on this journey together because whatever circumstances, I'm just as happy with as little as I am with much. With much as little, I found the recipe for being happy. This is Etsy. For being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty, whatever I have, whatever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. I don't mean that your help didn't mean a lot to me. It did. It was a beautiful thing that you came alongside me in my troubles. Now, I preach this boldly as somebody who uh, needs this deeply. I feel pulled by this truth more than I feel like somebody who's there. Because again, like I started, many times it's where are we going, what we don't have, and is this idea is just, ah, oh, next, more. But yet content means this, to be fully satisfied, full. Not a meal that you need to eat again, full. That's how good the good news is, the good father. So what he gives that's the best thing that we can eat forever is himself. Success doesn't last, poverty won't last. The one who was and is to come will last. So friends, Let me introduce us to our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the groom. And, you know, we erupt. Can you imagine in the movies? Yeah, Jesus. That's what the disciples are always thinking. When are you going to come do that? Why are we coming on the donkey, the low? What is happening? When do we get the crowns and the things you're meaning? And when are we doing it all? Rule the world, remember? We're going to take over? It's like, hey, this world is decaying. My world, my kingdom. It'll last forever, and I'll make all things new. I will. We'll just wait. We'll just wait. Hold on. Hold on tight, little buddy, and let's go on that journey together. So we find ourselves, like Hebrews 13, 5, keep your life free from the love of money, not from money, 
Money's not bad. Let's go get some more of it so we can do great things. From the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is Emmanuel, God with us. What that means is that God is always with you in spite of what you have. You might find yourself in a low gutter right now and you say, I don't want to really let anybody know I'm here. Who cares? You might find yourself um, super privileged and you think, how, how can I help some people? Hey, don't be ashamed. Do your part, one step at a time. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9 is super liberating. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. Oh man, God, I thought we were in this thing together. No, it gives the healthy perspective of the meaning of what God's doing. But only God who gives the growth. For he who plants and he who waters are one. And each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. It's powerful. This verse has transformed my life because I recognize that I'm going to do my part. I'm gonna, we need seeds in the game. We need watering in the game. So we can't just expect God to bless nothing. But at the same time, God blesses what he chooses. It's up to him. He's the one who makes it. He's the one who gave us this life. So I'm grateful now. Then I start to look at my job differently. God gave me my job. Why am I frustrated in it? God gave me my family. Why would I be frustrated in it? God gave me this sphere of influence, these friendships, this, you know, all of these extended relationships. Why am I frustrated in it? Because we're not even able to enjoy the space by not seeing who Jesus is trying to make us in that setting more what the setting can give us, the destination. And so it's God, God, give me, give me, give me. Man, that's just a lie. It's freedom. He says, no, I gave it to you. Go, be whole. The new creation thing, the freeness thing, the freedom thing, man, I'm in your space all the time. So walk with that confidence. And I see you when it's hard and your suffering is difficult, be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world, period. So don't give up. Just change the proper view. In Prince Caspian, uh, page 149, it says, Lucy went first, biting her lip, trying not to say all the things she thought, about saying, thought of saying to Susan. You got a Susan you just want to say a lot of stuff to? Oh, I can't wait. You want to you talk about that now, right? Oh, oh, you do, huh? Oh, great. You know, I got something for you, and you just let it out. I'm like, dang, that happened like seven years ago. Yeah, it did, and I didn't tell you about it, right? And it's like, but she forgot them when she fixed her eyes on Aslan. Fix your eyes on Jesus, you realize, man, we got it good. It's okay, we got it good. James says it this way. So my very dear friends, don't get thrown off course Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light, cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. He brought us to life using the true word, showing us off as the crown of all of his creatures. You are a crown that shows God's worth and his love. That's something to enjoy. That's something a Disney ticket can't give. Magical kingdom. You know, sometimes you hear about, oh, I went to Disney World, and you're thinking, okay, is that like five grand? What am I going to need? 
You know, you want to give those things to your kids. You know, when your kids want something, you do everything. You want to give it so bad. But if you know it's going to start to lead them astray, you don't want to give it, do you? I've noticed in this, this, this game of uh, Nintendo Switch equal, equals I can't think clearly. And I, I, I'm, a, I'm a video game advocate. So I think hand-eye coordination, I think it's good for all kinds of things, creativity. But I'm not in for um, that it can't let us be aware of reality, right? And so when we enter this portal in our household from Nintendo Switch, I find out that there's delayed cognitive response. So what that means is, yo, you can't hear me straight. And so if they say I want to play games all day, good parent, am I going to let them? I don't care if they cry, throw a fit, they're kicking, right? It's like, no, you're not playing the game, gee, you're not. It's like, but as a parent, a lot of times we're tempted because we want to give it. We, oh, I saw this toy I want. But you know what the toy's going in three months, right? Where's it going? It's gone, trash. So here's the thing. What can we give our kids that will last? Delighting in the Lord. That's the desire of their heart. And so teaching them that, and, but still understanding that God cares so much. He, when, he's reser- when he's reserving himself from getting you just the toy for a moment, because he's thinking about the joy everlasting. He's thinking about you. He's thinking about that rhythm. So what, whether you eat or drink, Corinthians teaches us this, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Now you can find sometimes we pick up this Jesus zeal that we hate the world so much that we hate everyone in it. And so we're kind of better than if we aren't careful. We won't go to any place. We, we look down on somebody who watched an R-rated movie last night and we, and we think about the, the kind of the, uh, just how much better we are because we know, and they need to learn the way and if not, they're gonna rot in hell. And, but it's just, it's not the full picture. It maybe have its good intentions out the jump. When the full picture is no matter what you're doing, you're giving God the glory because you recognize it isn't God. This work isn't God. This food isn't God. This family isn't God. God has given it to me to enjoy so I can praise him. It's exciting. It's not fun when you give a kid a gift and then they're not excited to spend time with you. You want to know that they love you. And when we know how much God loves us, we're uh, consumed with the thought that we're loved to love. He first loved us. Friends, that is so powerful. Three things that I think can really help us enjoy. And worship team, if you guys could come up and set the mood and help us experience and enjoy this better. Um, kind of the elephant in the room is when the worship team comes up, you know, skeptic could say, are they trying to coerce me to feel something and, and try to get us? And I'd say, I think God is trying to get you to feel something. I think God is. I think he wants to catch your emotions and your logic to say, look, this is a big thing here. I've done some signs and wonders, but if you just want them, you missed me. Jesus, this today, is saying he can offer freedom and forgiveness. How we find ourselves liberated, I think, three things is just kind of my personal reflection would be this. There's more to this life. If this life is it, can I, can I let you in on a secret? You guys are you guys are the worst treasure hunters ever. So am I. Here's why. I'll unpack that. Isn't there, isn't there uh, nicer weather somewhere else? Is there places where the roads don't break? There is. There's a lot of... I was down... 
in Franklin, Tennessee, they don't charge for parking. Um, and so if we aren't careful, and you have the freedom to move for the record, okay? Like wherever God wants you, Hawaii or whatever. But if you aren't careful, what you'll start to realize is we're coveting all these other regions when heaven's so much better. And the real question is, God, why do you have me here? And who do you have me here for? And how do I love this place, this space in the 517? Because I want this place to reflect what the Lord looks like, delighting in the Lord, the desires of the Lord, the kindness, mercy, passion. And so these chairs could break, the aisles aren't that big and all that stuff can happen, right? But, but, but it's about what's in us that makes it. That's the gospel. So there's more to this life. And so I think you guys are not the worst treasure hunters. I think you're the best because you recognize how Jesus lives. Bloom where you're planted. Jesus didn't travel the whole earth. He didn't, but his followers did. So the movement lived on. You may never get to travel anywhere, but don't you have the thing that is over everything? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Two, this life has meaning. God over everything. God over everything. God over everything. Everything. Bizzle, a rapper, he's got these shirts that say God over money. And I love it because so often in the inner cities, the enemy is, is trying to show us that money is the highest thing in any way you can get it because you haven't had anything. But I love that he puts this God over uh, money because look, God is better than the money. And so you could have no money, but you could have God and you got it all. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but he loses his soul? But when you have Jesus, you gain everlasting life. Third thing, our space in all of our lives, it's really an opportunity to enjoy God, his gifts, even the car, the food, the water, all of it, the friendships, the clothing, they're gifts. And so you need to rejoice when somebody else has more. Hey, that's awesome. That's a great gift the Father gives. I'm glad you got it. Sometimes we're, we're stopping our seeds from being activated just because of how we view another person getting blessed. I hope everybody gets blessed. And I want to free somebody today. When somebody asks you how much your shirt cost and you got it on the clearance rack, just, who cares? I hope, and I always tell somebody, they're like, oh, it's $15. You know, I got it on a deal, double. And I said, dude, I hope it was 15 grand. And I just walk away. Because I don't care. What? Because if I feed the sin in me, I actually start to care. Oh, I got to get it. Lies. We need to feed what's most true, the, the tree that will never be taken. It'll stand any storm. So the gifts are a reflection of just the Father. It helps us say, I'm going to glorify Him in this. And it points to His glory. Another psalm that captures the heartbeat of this, it says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I saw this um, Insta story this week and I took a screenshot of it. So pardon the graininess of it. There's this little cool, just equation, if you will. It says, if A, B, C, D, all the way to Z, equals one, two, three, four, all the way to 26. Then, I spelled knowledge, okay? It's good. Knowledge, yo. Knowledge. Spell it. Okay, oh, we get to 96%. We're getting there. I'm about to be I'm on my 100%. Uh, hard work. Oh, 98. All right, so if I have knowledge... I got hard work, 
I'm in the game. I'm almost at 100% every day. Both are important, but fall just short of 100%. But it's so interesting because the word attitude, when you add it up, it's 100%. I think that that illustrates everything we need to enjoy our space, to delight in the Lord, the desires of our heart has everything to do with our attitude to recognize God in it and be grateful and give thanks. So here's, here's where we end. Um, what's robbing us of just enjoying today? What are the worries, the cares? I think about the grocery store. And as you get older, no, it's all good. As you get older, you have to shop on your own. And shopping, you go there. Have you ever said this? Oh, I just came for a few things. And you're telling the checkout person and they give you that nice look. I've heard this 40 times today. Oh, you know, I just bought a few things. I came in for $20 worth. I'm leaving with 200. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Sweet, sweet. Bye. But in the store, you are overwhelmed with the amount of options. Which toothpaste? Am I going to get it right? Does this one have bad chemicals in it? Is this BPA free? Is the plastic? What's going on? Can I have a banana? Do I get organic? Do I Google this? How much? I was just came in for diapers. Is there more expensive ones? I need to get a TV. I feel like I'm getting robbed. Is there, do I got to get the Honey app on my Chrome thing to see what's cheaper? And you're just like looking around. I just came for pretzels. Wow, they got now got jalapeno. They got hot buffalo. Oh, so I got to get those next time. Tortilla chips, lime ones, the organic ones, the blue ones, and all these options. And you're like, it's just not simple. I can't even enjoy it anymore. I can't enjoy it. Where's grandma's simplicity? I need it. Because in that place was, it's such a beautiful design. It's meant to serve us, but it's robbing us just like our life. I think about our house that we built 10 years ago. It's a duplex. We live on one side, seven of us. Uh, some guys from the church live on the other side. And in the back of it is these, um, we have a sliding glass door. And the sliding glass door uh, is supposed to have a deck outside of it. And we, when you're building a house, you go over on everything. So I, I never ha had a new house, for the record. So this was the craziest thing ever, having a brand new thing. Just like, whoa, this is what a new house smells like. You know, so cool. But in the contract, you, you get all your allowances, and then you don't recognize you just wanted normal things, but you're getting below grade in your allowances. So you're getting lights that show up in boxes without logos. You're like, I don't even know they could make them that small. And you're getting uh, types of screws and fixtures on the doors. And you're just like, this, um, this is below anything I've seen. Yeah, but this is in your package. And so you're going over all the time. You're spending more money. And finally, we get to the end. We got no deck. And we'll get that later, right? We'll get that later. But there is this temptation that... You know, if we open the door and people start to ask, well, when's your deck going to get done? Because there's two by four and there's the gate there so you can't, you know, fall outside of it and onto the ground. So it's just there. But it's kind of a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful picture of us being reminded that we have all things because the purpose of the house is not the deck, but the people that live in it. And so I hope that no one would ever come over and think that even if our deck was finished and our walls were amazing, say, I just need this exactly. I hope they would always come over and say, I want the love and the joy that you guys have. And so there is a dichotomy that we're always living in. We're living in two worlds. We don't have this yet, but I need to be content with what I have today. And so the deck will come. 
But if the deck doesn't come, who cares? So please, no one get me a deck. And here's why. Sometimes it's like, oh, I'm going to get a preacher deck. But no, here's, it's a beautiful thing when it happens. It's been good for my soul. Because I'm telling you this, once I get the deck, there's another thing waiting for me. <laughs> there's another thing waiting for me. I want to be still and know that he's God right here, right now. I want to be still and know that he's God right here, right now. So we're going to just create a little bit of space. Will you sing, um, Sydney, will you lead us in, I think it was the second song. That was, that was the first song. What was the last song? Reckless Love. Because that is the greatest thing we got from God. And there's a verse in there, like, you'll leave the 99 to go find me or something. As the team gets ready, maybe you stand as just an act of uh, saying, God, you know what? You're first place. We're going to worship, and I want to open us up in prayer for this song, and then I'm going to come back and close us, and we're going to go about our days, and we're going we're gonna to be on the offense. The grocery store aisles are not going to get us. We just came for simple, normal pretzels. Bye, right? And so we're going to be on the offense, but we're going to let go of the weights. And maybe you're not comfortable. You're, I don't even know how to worship. Who cares? Let it go. 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 I was praying with one of my friends before, between services, and he said, I felt so heavy, but today I feel so light. Where do I go from here? I said, man, just embrace the lightness for a moment because it's good. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Meet each person where they're at. The worries, the cares, the tomorrows. I pray today that we embrace the promise of you and your overwhelming, reckless love for us. In Jesus' name, let's worship. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city, one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.